Amen. Thank you, band. It's so good to be with you again this morning. And before we jump into our message, I want to say this. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, the ones who are stepping up, the ones who are investing in the lives of their children, the ones who are even being a mentor to other people, foster dads and and other people stepping up. Uh, We just want to say thank you so much. We want to honor you today and say, uh, man, it's awesome what you guys are doing and keep up the good work. And I pray today will be a time of refreshment and a time where you're honored uh, for all the work that you're putting in. So thank you, dads. Um, we are going to um, continue in our sermon series in Psalms. We're just going to jump right back in uh, this morning. Um, Psalms, the word psalm means song, and uh, the psalms are the prayer book of God's people. We learned that last week as Pastor Chase introduced our teaching series uh, for the summer. We're really excited about what God has for us and what he's going to teach us through the book of Psalms. I'm, I'm, I, uh, I get to do um, one that, uh, that I'm really excited about, this category of psalms. We're kind of breaking it down into categories, and so we saw uh, Thanksgiving last week, and this week, um, we're going to be talking about the Psalms of Ascent, okay? So this is a, a category of Psalms. In fact, if you can, in your Bible, in the book of Psalms, which is about halfway through uh, your Bible, if you open up your Bible kind of halfway, you're going to end up probably in Psalms. And um, Psalms 120 through 134 um, are the Psalms of Ascent, Okay, and what the Psalm of Ascent was, and this is what this is what uh, the people did. It was it was to be recited by the people of God as they made their way up to Jerusalem. Okay, so as the as the people of God were making their pilgrimage from other different areas, they were going to go to the the city of God to Jerusalem, where the temple was located. And 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 what we see where the temple is kind of like the the the, the hot spot of God's presence. Um, and we we see that people would come up and they would worship at the temple. They would offer their sacrifice. They would uh, come up. They would sing God's praises. But as they were going, as they were walking, um, Jerusalem is elevated. And so they would, they would walk up to the city uh, of God. They would literally ascend into the city and then up into the temple. And so these are the Psalms of ascent. These are the ones that when they were walking up, they would be saying to each other and they would also be uh, just reciting to themselves. And I, I think about that, and I, I think about all the, the, the things that we plan for, right, the, in our life, all the things we plan for, whether it be, you know, we're going we're gonna to tailgate, or we're going to go on a hunting trip, or we're going to have a girls getaway weekend, or we're going to, whatever it is we're doing, right, we, we plan, we have checklists, we, we anticipate what's going to happen, and the night before, um, we, we do this thing, or the, we go on this adventure, right? We go to bed excited. We go to bed um, anticipating uh, what was going to happen. And, and really, as we think about the Psalms of Ascent, it's that feeling. It's that kind of thing where you're preparing your hearts, preparing your minds, getting ready to worship with God's people, and getting ready to worship the God of the universe and have an encounter with him. And so our big idea about the Psalms of Ascent is this. Preparation makes room for transformation. Let me say that again. Preparation makes room for transformation. If we're prepared as we come in on a Sunday morning, as we're prepared to worship God, if we're prepared in those things, it makes room for transformation. 
I want to share with you an example of, of maybe you've felt this before. I know I have on a number of occasions, and I want to show you what I mean. Um, um, so let's say on a Sunday morning you get up, and that Sunday morning you decide you're going to go to church. Okay? So you didn't decide last night. You're like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. You wake up, and you're like, yeah, you know what? Probably should go. Okay? So now you've made the decision, you're going to get up and go to church, and you're going to get everyone else in your house up to go as well. So you're getting everybody up, and you're, you're trying to put people's clothes on, you're trying to get going, everybody's got to take a shower. Some people are resisting because they were up too late the night before, and this wasn't part of the plan of what Sunday was going to be, and you're like, no, we got to do this. And so you, 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 you know, you're just all disheveled, and the house is a mess, and you walk out the door, you run out the door, and you throw everybody in the car, and you're fighting all the way over here, and you're, you're, you're arguing about this, that, and traffic's this, and I can't believe there's road construction. It's Minnesota, but I can't believe there's road construction, right? We, we have all these different kinds of things that, that, like, and then we get into the church building, and before we do, we warn everybody in the car, put on your happy face, because Jesus sees us now, right? And we got to get back into the, we got to go into the church, and we got to, we're going to sit down, we get everything set up, and we sit down, and, 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 and then everybody tells us to stand, and we're singing, and we're singing with our mouth, but our heart and our mind are racing. They're going every which way, and you're really distracted, and it takes you a while to calm down, and the blood pressure is starting to finally lower, and you sit down, and you're trying to focus and think through all these different kinds of things, and then halfway through the sermon, you're able to start paying attention. And then you start to kind of get a little bit of it, but you miss the first part because you were distracted. And then you sing the last song, and, you, and then you walk out, and you're on your way to, to lunch. And then you, as you get back in the car, you go, you know, I like church. Church is nice, but, but it didn't satisfy. It didn't satisfy my soul. I, I don't know why. I just feel like, like maybe church and maybe the gathering of people, maybe, I don't know. It's nice, but it doesn't really, doesn't really fill the longing in my heart. It doesn't satisfy. Maybe you've had that experience before. I know I have. I've, I've walked out of church, but, but what I realized was is I wasn't prepared. And because I wasn't prepared, I didn't make room in my life. I didn't, I didn't make space in my life for God to speak. I wasn't listening. I wasn't paying attention. I was too busy thinking about everything else going on. I wasn't prepared. And God, God is really smart. And so what God did in, in the structure of his Bible and, and in the book of Psalms, he has this, this whole section, Psalms 120 through 134, the Psalms of Ascent. These are all about preparing our hearts because when we prepare, we make room to be transformed. And so today I just want to walk you through one of those Psalms of Ascent. Um, and we're just going to walk through and, and, and see how incredible this really can be. So we're going to be in Psalm 121. We're going to do all of it. It's eight verses. We're going to walk through uh, Psalm 121 today. So we're going to start where it begins in verse 1. Pretty clever. All right, here we go. Uh, Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now remember, the Psalms of Ascent, these, these were to be recited on their way to Jerusalem, on the way to worship. 
And as you make your way up into these mountainous and hilly regions, you, you can't help but notice, and, and I know where we live is all flat, so pretend with me that there's hills, okay? If, I don't know if you've ever seen a hill before that's not just a man-made overpass, but they're pretty amazing and they're awe-inspiring. Okay, so you have these massive hills, and you have these mountains around you, and you have these weaving roads, these winding roads. They didn't just blast through everything. They would wind. And, and as you were going up, you would see these, these hills that were uh, impressive. You, you, couldn't be, you couldn't help but be struck by their grandeur. And, and hills and mountaintops are really great places for um, strategy, they offer you prote protection. They offer you perspective. So you can see your enemy coming long before they can reach you. You can, you, can, you can fire down at things when they have to make their way up to you. It's a strategic advantage to be on a hilltop or a mountaintop. And a lot of people would, would put their trust in the location of their city. They would say, you know what, nothing's going to harm us, nothing's going to get us. We are going to be okay because we have a strategic advantage. And what I love about the psalm and how it starts, it says, he lifts his eyes up to the hills. And instead of, instead of going, yep, this is going to be great, he says, but where does my help come from? Where does my help come from? Is it from the, the topography? Is it from the lay of the land? Is that where my help is going to come from? And what's really interesting is as he ascends, he looks up to the hills and he looks up to the mountains and then he looks past them. He says, no, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Even the city Jerusalem was elevated. And as great and wonderful as the city was, the psalmist says, but my help comes from the Lord who made the, the mountaintop that the city is put on. It's a real uh, great opportunity for us to go, where is our trust? Who do we trust? What do we trust? And in times of crisis, where does our strength come from? Where does our help come from? Because while it's okay to have a bank account, and it's okay to have government structures, and it's okay to have different services available to you, ultimately, where does our help come from? Because the bank account dries up. Kingdoms come and kingdoms go. Nations rise and nations fall. Where does our help come from? And the psalmist reminds us again that even though we may have some of these things, ultimately our help comes from the Lord who created heaven and earth. And so as we prepare our hearts and you think about praying through the Psalms. You read Psalm 1 and 2. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. To go, God, I understand. I'm grateful for my vehicle that works. I'm grateful for the job that I have. I'm grateful for the nation in which I live. And I'm grateful for uh, the, the different things that we have going on in our lives. But I understand that all of those things can fail. And you never fail. And already it starts to prepare your heart and your mind for who it is you're worshiping and talking to. It goes on to three and four. He will not let your, feet, your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. 
Um, it's really interesting. Verses one and two are in the first person. Verses three on are in the third person, which means there's other people around to remind us. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your feet be moved. He who keeps Israel will neither sleep nor slumber, right? So that's the idea of the people of God that we're preparing together to remind us of the goodness of God. It's this beautiful picture, and that's why community and the people of God are so important because when, whenever we, we get off track, we have others who can help us and call us back and go, remember the Lord, remember his goodness. And that, and that when, when other people are, are wandering off or getting distracted, we get to call them back. It's part of being the people of God. And he says, he will not let your feet be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Um, he won't let your foot be moved. I, I, I love that imagery. And if you've, ever, if you've ever gone hiking in the mountains, you understand the importance of sure footing. Okay? I remember a few years ago, I went to Arches National Park in Utah, and to get to the delicate arch, you have to walk like, on the side of a mountain, and there's like a path that's like this long, but I'm afraid of heights, and so it feels like it's about this big. Okay? So, so I'm walking along. There's no rope. Okay? There's no stanchions. There's no safety guard. I don't know how OSHA even let Arches National Park be built without the railings. Right? I don't know how that happened, but it got through. Okay? So we're walking and we get to see something, but, but you really have to make sure your footing is sure. Because if you slip and fall and you go down the side, it's, it's not pleasant. And so God, what we're saying is when you put your trust in God, it's sure footing. You're not going to slip and fall. God's not going to shift underneath you. His character remains the same. And what I love is he says, and he doesn't get tired. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He, he, he gives you sure footing. And then he watches over us. He guards us. He keeps us. One of the things that I think is a really good exercise in cultivating humility in our own life is to remember that we get tired. Like when you go to bed at night and you're exhausted, but there's still so much to do. First off, God's the only one who gets his to-do list done every day. So if you have all this work to do and you just don't have the energy to do it, like to go, God, I, I'm so grateful that you watch over me because you don't get tired. You don't need naps. You don't get exhausted. God doesn't get weary. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. And as we go to God, as we, as we prepare our hearts to worship him, let's, let's rest in the confidence that we know that God watches over us. And so as you drive to church to say, God, my, my help comes from you ultimately. I'm grateful for these things, but I know my help comes from you. And God, thank you so much for being consistent in character, for being faithful to your, to your promises and to watching over us even when I was sleeping that you watched over me. Verses five and six. The Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord is your keeper. And so we have this, all this beautiful imagery in Psalm 121 
where we have creator and we have sure footing and we have a God who doesn't sleep or slumber. He, he's our shade now. What we see is he's, he's our shade. He's, he's our keeper. The Lord is our shade and our right hand. Um, the, the right hand was a place of honor. It was a place of honesty. It was a place of integrity. And he says, listen, this is where, where, where integrity lies and where strength is and where honor is. That's the Lord. And where he is, he gives us shade. Um, the, the heat of the day in the middle of summer can be oppressive and even dangerous and lethal if we're not careful, right? So we have to have shade. We need to be, we need to be put into shade so that the sun doesn't beat us down. The conditions of life can crush you and zap you of energy and totally take everything from you. And he says, the Lord is your shade. He, he is this place of integrity. He's this place of honor. And he's also a place of shade. He gives us refreshment in the shade. And to find a place of shade in a, in a dry and barren land to say, you know what, life may be difficult, but Lord, you're my shade. You're the one who refreshes me. You're the one who restores me. You're the one who gives me rest. It says, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. That in, the, in ancient times, to be out in the middle of the night was a dangerous thing. Um, one of the things during this time where I've been home a lot is I've been able to watch some movies and videos and, and uh, a television series of people who like to go out into the woods by themselves with no protection, and they make their own shelter, and then they're in their, like, stick-built shelter, and all of a sudden they hear something outside. Okay, a bear, a wolverine, an alien. I don't know what it is, but it is unbelievable what's happening in that moment. They're like, and they can't see anything. They're like, you know, they're like, you know, they just got the camera on themselves just going, I'm so scared right now, I'm so scared. I hope this goes away. Because being out in the wilderness, it's wild and it's untamed and it's ruthless. And if you've been to those places that are dangerous, he says, listen, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. In the, in the dry, barren heat of the day or the dangerous place of the night, the Lord is your shade. The Lord is your protection. So as you think about preparing your heart for worshiping with God's people, to be reminded again that God was with you. God was with you in the middle of your darkest times and your most trying places. God is with you. And in verse 7 and 8, it says, The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This might be my favorite part of the, of the imagery that, that the psalmist uses because before we have things that are stationary, okay? So God looks over us. He's not sleeping, but he's watching over us. And then we have God is shade. He's our protection. He's our refuge, right? These are all good things. We, we see that throughout all the psalms. He's our fortress. He's our refuge. And what we see here in verses 7 and 8 is more like this. God is our bodyguard, that God is with us in our coming out and our, and our, and our coming in. Like, he's, he's, he's with us in all of these things. Like, he walks with us through the day. He's with us, the one who keeps our life, the one who reminds us and the one who keeps us from doing evil, the one who, who walks with us in these things. He's, he's with us wherever we go. 
And when we worship the Lord and we give our lives to Jesus and he forgives our sin and adopts us into our family, this is, this is what we get. This is, this is it. We get refreshment. We get a, a God that goes with us wherever we go. We have the God that watches over us, that he, he doesn't grow tired or weary. We have the God who created everything. And this is what was recited to the people This is what reminded the people as they walked up to the city to walk up to worship, to prepare their hearts. It was the fight song. It was the psalm of ascent. They would would be reminded again that we lift up our eyes to the hills. And where does our help come from? Not from the hills, but from the one who created them. That God gives us a sure footing. That he walks with us and that he, he doesn't grow weary and that he's our shade, he's our protection, he's our refreshment and, and, and he's, he's, our, he's our blessing, he's our bodyguard, he comes with us, he goes with us wherever we go. And if you have that kind of heart as you walk in to worship, man, that, that transforms all of it. And it'd be like, God is with us. God is here with us, and this is the God that we worship. And when your heart is prepared and your mind is prepared, you will be transformed. You'll be shaped and molded. You'll be ready to receive whatever God has for you through the music, through the, through the preaching of the word, through the opportunity to give, through the opportunity to serve, through the opportunities to be served, to pray for one another. All these things are going to take on a whole new meaning and a whole new depth. Why? Because we took the time to prepare. We took the time to prepare. And so as we think about gathering together, and as we think about what does it mean to worship the Lord, and and as we start to think about more of like we start getting into a routine, what does your routine look like? I know for me, this is, this is not thus saith the Lord. These are just helpful things that I have found helpful. So if you don't do them, that's fine. But, but think about how you're going to prepare. I know for me that Saturday night after supper, there's a, there's a switch that flips for me. That I start to, I lay out my clothes uh, for the evening. Let's be honest. Someone else lays out my clothes because I have no fashion sense. But someone else does it and it's really good. And then, um, and then we do, uh, and then we, we take some time to pray I yell at the wall. Um, that's also known as practicing my sermon. Um, so in my basement, I go over my sermon. And, and, and all these things are why. They're there to prepare me. And after all those things are done, I pray, I quiet my heart, and I get ready to go. I wake up earlier than I normally do on Sunday mornings than, than the rest of the week. I wake up the earliest on Sundays, and I take a little bit more time to read my Bible um, for my own personal growth before I go into preparing for a sermon or anything like that. Like all that stuff's already in place. And so as you think about these things and as you, as you walk through them, then you're ready to go. And when you're ready to go and your heart is prepared, God has more room in your life to work. And so whatever you do, whatever you decide of how to do it, just know that preparation makes room for transformation. And you might even wake up five minutes earlier and read a psalm. Psalm 120 through 134, the Psalms of Ascent. Guys, let's go in it with anticipation and what God has for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for this opportunity to talk about what it means to be prepared. 
And I pray, God, as now we move into our final song, a song of worship, a psalm of ascent, Lord, let us, let us live our lives with anticipation of what you're going to do in and through us. God, we love you. We thank you for this time. And God, I pray that from this time forth, moving forward, we would be, we would be prepared. We would be ready to meet with you and have an encounter with God so that we can go out and impact the world. We love you, Jesus. Amen.